Praise the Lord. Good to have all of you here tonight. You are in the right place. I believe Pam and I have a word from the Lord for you tonight. And I want to encourage you before Jennifer comes and makes the announcements that tomorrow at noon, whether you can come here or not, try to be praying for this great nation. I don't believe God is finished with America yet, but I believe that America is trying to tell God that they're finished with him. And that is, we're going to declare that null and void. We are returning to the roots of this great nation. So we'll be here from 12 to 1 o'clock, praising the Lord, singing some worship songs, and really praying specifically for the great needs that I believe the Lord has shown us for this nation, for our government. And it'll be a powerful time. If you can't make it, come on. I mean, uh, wherever you are, just begin to pray, and uh, it'll be a great time. Jennifer, you got some great announcements. Give her a hand. They do. We have a wonderful worship team. Awesome. Praise God. We welcome you this evening. We do want to welcome some very special people. If this is your first time with us this evening, um, would you just raise your hand so we could welcome you? Got one over here. Is that our only one? First time visitor. We are glad you're here this evening. We have a gift for you, so make sure you pick up a white bag on your way out the door tonight. So glad you're here. All right, well, we have plenty of opportunity here at Victory, plenty of things going on. I have a lot of announcements for for you, so hang with me here. Um, as Pastor Bill said, tomorrow we will have our time of prayer here in the sanctuary from noon to one. Um, generators for South Africa, Mark and Laurel, are still raising money for those generators um, for... Uh, Impact Africa, that's the organization where their daughter is with over there right now. So if you'd like to donate towards that, you can see them after the service. Um, Warriors for Christ is still, Ministries is still having their yard sales up until May 17th. Now until May 17th. If you have any time that you could donate to them to help them run those yard sales, they would really love that. So if you could contact them, Mike is sitting here. If he can raise his hand, and then Megan also can get you their contact info if you don't run into him. Victory membership class, the next round of classes will begin this Sunday at Blaze at the 11 a.m. service. If you feel like Victory is your church home and want to know more about us and see how you can begin to get involved here, then come on out to that class. Um, there's two classes, so the second one will be on May 24th at 11 a.m. in Blaze as well. And then we have our Fab 50s bonfire. If you are 50 and over, married, single, whatever, you are fabulous and need to get together with all these fabulous people, right? And uh, it'll be at Greg and Brenda Hatfield's home Friday, May 15th at 6.30 p.m. You can see Sandy, or if you need directions, see Greg and Brenda for more info. And then also the Young Adults Ministry, we've been talking about it a lot. It's getting ready to start up. The first meeting will be June 6th. If you are 18 to 26 years of age, like I wish I still was, but I'm not. Enjoy it while you can if you are. <laughs> 18 to 26 years of age, sign up at the back table to let them know you're interested. We'd like more information. And... Um, Look forward to having you all in that group. It's going to be a good time. And then also, um, plan to be here on Sunday, May 17th. That'll be uh, Christians United for Israel Sunday. And our pastors, yeah, amen. Our pastors will have more info um, for you about that coming up. All right. Well, you guys ready to give this evening? Let me just say, if you're not involved in something at Victory Christian Center, it's your fault. We, I'm just saying, we, there are enough things going on here that if you're not involved in something, I don't know what else we can do for you. Speaking of getting involved, giving time, great time. This is the uh, best time of the evening, I think, because it actually involves you actually participating, giving into God's kingdom, receiving the blessing that he has for us. The, uh, the problem sometimes is there's this war raging within us. It rages when we're just by ourselves, it rages in our households. It's that war between the important and the urgent. Important and urgent. There are so many things that capture our time, our resources, our money, our time, all of those things that we have. And a lot of them come to us, and they need immediate attention. I mean, let's face it. There are things that go on in a day Children come up to us with immediate needs. Our, our house begs us for an immediate attention, something breaking your vehicle. Lots of opportunities there. There's lots of things that come. And what ends up happening is that we spend so much time beating down the urgent things that come to us 
we never get to the important things in life. And there are things that are important that maybe aren't really that urgent. There are things that are urgent that aren't really that important. And then there are things that are important and urgent. For example, we have a four-year-old. College is important to him. Not real urgent at this point, but it is important. And if we don't treat it as important, now it's going to become very urgent and ultra-important, but we won't be ready for it. There are things that are urgent that need your attention now, but it, they aren't that important. Your, your house needs cleaned. Yes, I get it. It does, but it's not. If it didn't get done today, it's going to be okay. If something more important were in front of you. And the whole point of this is just to make us understand that in the realm of life, in the realm of God's kingdom, there are so many important things that are calling for us to give attention to that we could invest in. But unfortunately, those urgent things have come knocking on our door. For instance, it's so important and urgent that you get this kind of vehicle because the neighborhood that we live in, that's just what kind of people drive these things. So we have to get one, and we have to get one now. And usually when it comes to I have to get one and I have to get it now, that usually means you can't afford it, but you're going to get it anyway. Okay, I'll leave that one. But our problem is we've lost our sense of urgency for the important things. And this is really where it comes down to, that if we really made things, the important things, important, we would have a sense of urgency to get to them. So I want to encourage you guys tonight. Fill your life with wonderful things. All the wonderful things that God has for you, wonderful gifts. Go ahead. But make sure that you are doing it within the bounds and the parameters of the important things that you know that God has put on your heart and that he's put before you, and don't miss them. Amen? Amen. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you so much that you are an important God and that you are a God who sees us and who God that knows us and the God that cares for us. Father, we know that you will take care of all of those urgent things if we just treat you with the importance that you deserve. In Jesus' name, amen. Good word, Brad. Good word. Let's all stand. <clears throat> Pamela Ann is going to be with me up here tonight. In case you didn't know her middle name, it's Ann. Pamela Ann. <laughs> Pamela Ann, I love you. Come up here and help me. Good to see all of you here. <clears throat> this uh, kind of fits right along with the night. Oh, I'm sorry, honey. National Day of Prayer. Um, <laughs> what happened? Nothing. What did they do? <laughs> Nothing. Um, it's uh, Pastor Hagee's book. If you've never read this, uh, John Hagee, Can America Survive? It is an awesome, awesome book on the time frame of the world that we live in. And uh, I believe America's at a crossroads. How many of you believe that? It's not a question of a party. It's not a question of um, bipartisanship. It is a question of whether or not we're going to return to God or whether we're going to continue going down the slippery slope that we're going down. And uh, we need to make some changes. So I encourage you all to have that. Are you ready? I'm ready. You know what you're doing? Maybe. We'll see. Maybe. I don't want a maybe up here. (laughs) Well, that's what you got. So here we go. Hey, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a real quick little joke. This, uh, it fits right in with, with an actual experience that, that one of our staff members had here in church. But uh, the su- Sunday school teacher was teaching a class and said, teaching on and sharing about the old covenant and kings and queens. And says, how many of you know what is higher than kings and queens? And the little boy shouted out, aces. <laughs> now, this fits right in. There's a great segue. Dan came to me one day and he said, I think I've been watching too much Texas Hold'em. <laughs> How many of you ever watched that? I have watched it. I have watched it. I have to say it really interests me. And uh, so I, and I said, why is that? And he said, well, the other day I was driving down the street with Luke. And I said, Luke, what do you want to be when, when you grow up? And he said, I think I want to be a professional poker player. <laughs> 
he said, Luke was really young at that time. He was about six, seven years old. He said, I think I've been watching too much Texas Hold'em. So I thought that was really cute. Okay, let's say it. The Word of God. The Word of God. Is truth. Is truth. If I live the Word. If I live the Word. I will be blessed. I will be blessed. If I don't. If I don't. I won't. I won't. It's just that simple. It's just that simple. Honey, it is just that simple. You can be seated. It is just that simple. Uh, we live the Word. We get blessed. We don't live the Word. We don't get blessed. So what do you think? What do you want to share? You've been going for a couple of weeks. No, a week out in Tulsa. Felt like a couple of weeks. The dog and I missed you terribly. It's always good to go, um, you know, where your roots are in uh, the Lord as far as growing in God. And that's where God healed my life was in Tulsa uh, in 1979. It's where Pastor Bill and I, as soon as we were married, six months later, we moved to Tulsa. Uh, that's where God called uh, Bill into the ministry. Uh, just a lot of things in our life. And as I was sitting at Oral Roberts University, it sits just across the street from now Victory Christian Center. Back in the day, we were clear over on the other side of town in a, a schoolhouse building toward the end. But uh, before we moved to the Maybe Center, and then they got the land across there from ORU. But I was looking at ORU and thinking, I don't know how God got me here. In 1979, from Lafayette, Indiana, a single mom with three kids, and put me on a path of ministry that I never dreamed that I would ever fulfill. Uh, you know, God is amazing. I mean, uh, I can't even I can't even imagine how He found me <laughs> in the midst of all my mess and said, "Well, we'll just move her here with these three kids." And uh, and then I looked at the building where I was sitting in the prayer garden, and I looked at the building where I worked. I looked over at the building where Pastor Bill and I were married in Christ Chapel. And across the street, which used to be a walnut grove, which is now Victory Christian Center, completely done and filled up with people. Uh, amazing, just amazing. And what God can do with people who have faith. Everybody say faith. You know, uh, it's your faith. That's what uh, Jesus said to the woman who touched his garment. She said, it's your faith. He said, it's your faith. That has made you whole. And as I looked at all those things, it just gives you um, just a review of where you've come from, but also the things that God's promised, he's going to do. He's going to do because when you see those things that you've seen others believe and you've come alongside them to believe and walk with them, then you know those things he's told you. He's going to do those things. Everybody say, God can do it. Say, God will do it. Yeah, whatever he's told you and promised you, he will do it. If you let him be in charge, he'll take over. That's right. And you, when you were saying that, I was thinking about how Pastor Billy Joe, our pastor in heaven now, was driving down Lewis Street, looked over in that walnut grove, and saw a building in his spirit. And he saw the building that is now Victory Christian Center. And when he saw the building, he went to find out who owned it. He didn't know. And it happened to be Oral Roberts Evangelistic Association. And he was able to ask uh, our Brother Roberts about it. And he said, I will never, ever sell that land. Now, I held and still hold Oral Roberts in high esteem. He was like a mentor to me, even though I only knew him to shake his hand one time. But, but, uh, but when somebody like that tells you that, I will never do this, you would take them at their word. But instead, Billy Joe held on to what he saw in his spirit. And long story short, they eventually took all of that land for Victory Christian Center. And how Oral Roberts is a guy who left his home and went out and was really doing bad things as a teenager. And uh, one day God spoke to him uh, right in the midst of tuberculosis and uh, healed him. And he has impacted the world. Victory Christian Center has impacted the world. And no one will ever know but God what Oral Roberts University has done around the world in sending people out. So whatever God tells you to do, but you've got to determine who's going to be in charge. So just turn to your neighbor and say, ask him, who's in charge of your life? Who's in charge of your life? Now, I can guarantee you what they're going to say. They're going to say, well, it is God who is in charge of my life. Well, I think all of us would say that, but I think that really and truly we have a tendency to let him be in charge sometimes, and then sometimes we take charge. And uh, it's those times that we take charge that normally get us in the most trouble. Can you say amen to that? Turn to your neighbor and say, you came the right night. <laughs> It's, it's when we don't do it. And I'll paraphrase real quickly, and then, honey, you can share out of, out of the book of Acts here. But, but uh, in your life, there is always a wrestling 
as to who's going to control it. And that you are totally operating out of your being based on situations and circumstances and people. You operate out of your uh, intellect. You operate out of your emotions. Sometimes you operate out of influence of other people, and there's a fine line between influence and manipulation. When people try to manipulate you, or maybe in the past you try to manipulate people. But everything flows through who's going to be in charge. Uh, I have, if you're, if you're here and born again, you have a spirit man that's alive. If you're here and have never received Christ, your spirit man isn't alive, so the Holy Spirit is not living in you. But if you're here and you are born-again Christian, the Holy Spirit lives in this body called the temple. And if you'll put the Holy Spirit in charge, then the emotions will not ever be in charge of you, although you have emotions. People will never control you, although they will try. You will never go the wrong direction because you know who's in charge. I'm doing only what the Holy Spirit shows me to do. The worst enemy you will ever face is not the devil. It's the person who lives in your mind and your flesh that you see in that mirror. And once you tame that person to be totally submitted to the power of the Holy Spirit, and you give the Holy Spirit charge over your life, you will walk in a new dimension, and you'll open the windows of heaven that will flow out the blessings of God that he wants us to have to accomplish his person, honey. And I believe it's just that simple. And I know a lot of people say, well, you don't know what, you're, what I'm going through. Well, go through it and get over it. But you've got to... <laughs> I, know that, I know that sounds hard, but if you don't, you will lock up emotionally. Let me see the hands of all the people who've ever locked up emotionally. Didn't help you a bit, did it? It just drew you down. It was like quicksand. The last thing you want to do in quicksand, I've heard, in Jesus' name, I'll never experience it. The last thing you want to do in quicksand is uh, to struggle or to try to get out of it. Just take it easy until somebody rescues you. I've never been there, so I don't know that that's true or not, but, <laughs> but apparently it is. And but, you hope somebody rescues you. Well, you hope. There's a new ad on TV I saw the other night about some guy fell in quicksand. He's trying to get the cat. Is it Geico? Uh, Geico? Yeah, yeah, he's trying to get a cat to rescue him. I, anyway, that's. <laughs> I haven't. I didn't catch the punchline. You know what it is? Yeah, the punchline was yeah. Yeah, well, the cat was ignoring it. I, I love animals. I am a dog lover because the dog comes when I call it. You call a cat and it just looks at you and walks off. I, I don't know. I don't even know why I went down that direction. But here's what. Here's you what. We're getting rescued out of okay, quicksand. Okay, here, I'm going to give it to you right now. But when you, when you received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you only did it through the power of the Holy Spirit. Your faith came into play, but your faith was released in God, and the power of the Holy Spirit reborn your spirit man. So the, the Holy Spirit is in you and wanting to take control of everything that we do. And what happens a lot of times is we go through that euphoric moment of salvation. Everything is different. Trees are different. People smell differently. Everything is awesome. And then we come right back down and take control again when the real key to walking in the realm of the Spirit is to stay in what God did when we received Jesus. Yeah, and you know, it says in eight of Acts, you shall receive power. Everybody say power. power. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses. Now that witnesses is um, a word that God's really been speaking to me lately, but it says witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. I believe that witness that we are is a supernatural witness. And so it's not, um, I always thought of it as you'll have the ability to talk to people about Jesus. And while that's true, you know, you're bolder maybe to speak about Jesus, but the witness is that there's a power greater than you living on the inside of you. And therefore, when you're living by the Spirit, you're able to do things that you could not do if you were ruled by yourself. In other words, this this ability of the Holy Spirit on the inside of us now has put us in a dimension to rule in a supernatural way. And that is a witness of Christ because everything of the kingdom of God is supernatural. 
And so we don't live like the world lives. We live different than the world lives. And when we achieve that uh, ability to say, okay, Holy Spirit, what do you want to do in this situation? Then we step into that realm of a witness, a witness of the supernatural power of God rather than in our own ability. How many of you know you can do a lot of things yourself? I know I can do a lot of things. I mean, I've been trained to do several things. However, I know that when I put those things in the hands of God, they take on a different dimension. They operate in a different realm than the natural realm, and they become powerful. They become powerful in God to save, to deliver, to heal. All those things begin to be expressed through people who have received the Holy Spirit. So when Jesus said, you're going to receive power You're going to receive a power from on high that will cause you to be a witness. That means you are not going to be you. You are going to be you with him in you expressing who he is. Does that make sense? And so that's a difference. You know, when we think we have to witness, how many of you ever had somebody say, you need to tell your neighbor about Jesus? It's like, I don't think so because they don't like me too much. Well, it's not about witnessing to them about Jesus. It's about allowing what's in you to become a witness to those people, whatever that is to them. That's a good word, honey. Uh, when, when Pam and I were first married, some of you know this, but uh, we put two families together. Uh, I had three children. She had three children. So we put six children together. And, and uh, one of the first things that she wanted to do is to bring all of her family, which is quite large, uh, together. And it was it actually up at five points. I don't know what, what the name of the photography place was, but about 15 of us were gathered in here. And I had just come into the family and we're going to have a family picture taken. Well, I'm not even sure the kids have decided they liked each other yet. But, uh, you know, we're just trying to jam it all together and dress them up real nice and everything. And I had just met her uncle, Uncle Gene, who comes down here occasionally from Michigan City, and he used to live with us. And and, uh, and, and Chris is trying to take charge, her sister Chris. And, and if you've been around Chris much, you could realize <laughs> that must have been something. And it was. And, and, and finally, Gene, who I had just met, says... Who died and left you in charge? <laughs> and I looked over at him. Of course, everybody's cracking up, and I was too. And I, I like this guy. He was, he was really, really funny. But if you understand, you died, should have died, when you received Jesus. And the old man died, but you carry him around with you. But that old man should be dead and stay dead. So that the power of God can lead, guide, and direct you, and that all of the blessings of God come upon you and overtake you because you hearken under the voice of the Holy Spirit. Whatever God tells you to do, even though it's beyond your natural thinking, you refuse to think about yourself, what other people will think. You're not going to be a man pleaser or a people pleaser any longer, but whatever God tells you to do, you're going to do. Now, that's how your walk with the Lord started, by the Holy Spirit, and that's how it should continue all the way through. And when we get to the third, we're going to do a three-part series on this. When we get to the third part, don't, don't miss any of them, but especially that third part, we're going to give you a checkup to determine how much of the time you truly are giving the authority to the Holy Spirit to lead and guide your life. And there's a way to do that. But in the book of Acts, when they all started out, uh, it was it was a powerful, powerful thing that happened in the upper room. And everything they did was truthfully led by the Holy Spirit. They didn't have a Bible. Turn to your neighbor and say, they didn't have a Bible. They didn't have a Bible. In the book of Acts, they didn't have a Bible. Now, the book of Acts is merely a book of the Acts of the early church. And they didn't have a Bible. So all they had was the power of the Holy Spirit. Everything they did, and I pray this becomes revelation to you. Everything they did was based on the leading of the Holy Spirit or the teaching of the Holy Spirit through the apostles because they didn't have the written word like we had it. And so everywhere they went, they were sharing with the people. They were in the upper room, Acts chapter 2, day of Pentecost, just exactly the way Jesus said it would come, came in like a mighty Russian wind, and all of a sudden they were all baptized in the Holy Spirit. 120 people speaking in in a heavenly prayer language. I remember, how many of you speak in tongues? Can I see your hands? I remember when I was first exposed 
to that weird sounding stuff. And it was out at the Assembly of God with Pastor Charles Hackett. And I thought, oh my goodness, these people are weird. Now, I liked what they had, but I thought they were weird. Now, I thought they were weird when they raised their hands because number one, I was never in church. Number two, uh, when they started praying in tongues, I thought, this, this is really weird. And then all, somebody told me, when, well, it was my secretary. She said, someday you'll get it and you won't even know it. And I said, yeah, sure. And one night I was in the shower and I had prayed, God, I want everything that you have for me. And I had prayed and all of a sudden I think I'm singing and all of a sudden I think that's that stuff those people are doing out there at that church. (laughs) And then I would stop and then I'd do it again and it just gushed out. And I thought, wow. I thought you had to have hands laid on you. You had to be in a certain position, you know, all these kind of things. And apparently God can do it any way he wants. <laughs> and, and that is exactly how it happened. And then it's like, wow, they're not so weird now because I'm one of them. Or maybe we're all weird. I don't know. But but it says in 1 Corinthians 14, uh, uh, 14, uh, 14 and 15, 1 Corinthians 14, 14 and 15, that when we got the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we would pray with other tongues. We would sing. I mean, we would pray with other tongues. We would interpret uh, in, in an understandable language. We would sing in the Spirit. We would sing in an interpreted language, in our natural language. And it's something that is the power of God to take us out of the mental, soulish realm and keep us in the spiritual realm. And I believe, and, and I'm guilty of this, I know I believe that many Christians get too busy being busy, like Brad was talking about, and putting things on their list that seems to be important, and we forget one of the most important things of praying in the Spirit, staying in the Spirit, and knowing exactly what God is speaking to us. Yeah, and I believe that that's um, a place where we uh, achieve this power that God's talking about. That's why I said, you shall receive power. Uh, when 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 you enter into this place, the upper room, you wait until you've received this power. Well, this power actually causes us to enter into another realm of witnessing to other people as well as a witness to ourselves. Those of you that pray in the Holy Spirit, how many of you know that when you pray in the Holy Spirit, there's things that happen on the inside of you? Because it has power. It says that we're built up in our most holy faith in jude uh it talks about how praying in the holy ghost builds us up in our most holy faith well how many of you need to be built up in your faith sometimes but how many of us reason instead of praying in the spirit and wonder why we're not encouraged you know uh, i believe that it's a supernatural encouragement and as i as i thought about this today uh a witness of god uh three thousand people were saved in the first message that Peter delivered full of the Holy Ghost. 3,000. Everybody say, that's power. You know, that's, that's a supernatural event. You know, we, we pray in this church at the end of service, and my husband, uh, you know, when I, he says we had a great service, that means that somebody got saved. You know, and how great the service is is how many people got saved. Why? Because that's the whole uh, yeah. part of Christianity is that people will come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Otherwise, their eternity is hell. So, you know, that, that praying in the Spirit brings us into a position, I believe, to see the miraculous of God. We not, may not see 3,000 people saved when we talk, you know, to a crowd, but we know that the power of God is operating through us. So it's, it's very important that praying in the Holy Spirit, I believe, is like a place where we go saying, God, I don't know what to do, so help me. Just like in, in Romans chapter 8 where it says, when we don't know how to pray, the Holy Spirit will help us know how to pray. And uh, I'm very thankful I got filled with the Holy Ghost, got saved one day and filled with the Holy Spirit before somebody could tell me tongues is not of God. Because once I got it, there were plenty of people who said, that's weird. It's of the devil. It was for the old days in the book of Acts. Uh, I don't believe that. I believe everything in the Word of God is for us. As long as we want it, we can receive it because it's a free gift from God. And that early church came on strong. How many were there? What, 3,000 then 5,000. How many were there? I don't know. Yeah, you do. What's five and three? Oh, eight. Mm-hmm. Plus 120. Plus 120. 8,120. Yeah, but this is what it says. 
Well, I'll tell you later at home because I saw something oh. that I want to ask you oh. about. What are you going to tell me? You've already started now. It says, however, many of those who heard the word, this is the second time, believed, and the number of the men came to be about 5,000. Now, is that a total of 5,000, the three up to five, what or is that another five? What do you want it to be? 10,000? Multitudes. It's I multitudes. Don't I don't know. Okay. Don't I'm just know. asking. I know a lot, but I don't know. That. I always go to him because, you know, he's, he's God. No. <laughs> no. He's my, no. I sometimes no. I'll say, oh, my no. Lord. And no. he goes, don't, honey, you can call me Bill. <laughs> now, that part's true. That is true. <laughs> that, that, part, that part is true. I told her, I told her, you're getting more like a Sarah. So, you know, Sarah called uh, Lord. Called, uh, Abraham Ab- Lord. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, she yeah. very scriptural. Mm-hmm. Probably worse. I'm not Stops doing that. in our household, but... <laughs> I'm just saying. The Word of God says in Acts chapter 2 that, that, you'll, that your young men will have dreams, your old men, or no, your young men will have vision. Old yes, men will old have men dreams. Dream. I have vision. Both. I have vision. <laughs> I have both. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> but, but I was thinking about that, how when Pastor Doherty, who was on a football scholarship to a small school in Arkansas, um, ended up feeling the Lord spoke to him after he got the baptism of the Holy Spirit to go to Oral Roberts University, couldn't afford to go, but one semester went. And the long story short, driving down Lewis Street, had this vision of seeing the church over there and wrote it down and, and wrote down what he saw and then took it to an architect. And the architect said, yeah, I can do that. And everything else came against what he saw with his vision. God has vision for each and every one of us. And if we'll stay in the realm of the Spirit, and not get into the realm of our natural understanding will fulfill and all the blessings of God will come upon us and overtake us for what he has. Now, in the early church, and I want to show you uh, here how things go full circle. In the early church, when the Holy Spirit's power came upon the scene, the leaders didn't want it to happen. They wanted to curtail the name of Jesus because they were starting to enter into a new dimension. And it says in Acts chapter 3, when Peter and John were going into the temple uh, uh, called Beautiful at at the gate there, there was a lame man. And the lame man, it doesn't say how many years he'd, he'd laid there. But he was he, he, he was about 40 years old, I believe, and that it said that he was lame from his mother's womb and that he was laid there begging for alms continually. Now, Peter had denied Jesus three times when the end was coming for Jesus's earthly walk on this earth for that time frame. So Peter obviously was fearful during that period of time, but Peter also did not have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He had not been filled with the Holy Spirit. So Peter was very reluctant and shied away from acknowledging Jesus during that period. Now Peter is full of the Holy Spirit. There is no fear in anyone yielded to the Holy Spirit. Now, a lot of people would say, well, yeah, I got it from my family line. I'm fearful. You don't have that if you have the Holy Spirit. It means you put the enemy in charge of your life instead of the Holy Spirit in charge of your life. You will never be fearful if the Holy Spirit's in charge of your life. You mean I won't feel fear? I didn't say you wouldn't feel fear, but it'll never have control over you. Never, because perfect love casts out all fear. Perfect love lives in us through the power of the Holy Spirit. But when they went by, the blind, the uh, lame man, they said, look at us. Uh, silver and gold have we none, but such as we have, give to you. Rise and walk. Reach down, grab them, pull them up. And instantly there was a miracle that took place at that very moment. Now, this is the same Peter who denied Jesus three times, and now he's speaking the name of Jesus boldly and declaring the man's going to be healed and jerked him right up out of his position. The difference, one difference and one different only. The power of the Holy Spirit is within him. And that's what happens to us. And the the religious leaders came against him because they were using the name of Jesus. But they said they marveled because these were untrained people, uneducated and untrained people. The rabbis wanted them to suppress the name of Jesus. They didn't care 
if they perform miracles. They didn't do it. The Holy Spirit did, and the name of Jesus did. But they didn't care about the miracles. They cared about the name of Jesus being spoken. Fast forward in our world today. What is happening in America and around the world, but specifically in this nation? There is a move of the spirit of the Antichrist that was moving all the way back during the book of Acts, trying to suppress the early church to take the name of Jesus out of our society, take the name of Jesus out of our schools, take the name of Jesus out of our colleges, take the name, this is the latest one, and this infuriates me, take the name of Jesus away from our chaplains in the military and purge the United States military of using the name of Jesus. The very name that the first commander-in-chief of our military, George Washington, evoked, invoked for all of our people and declared prayer as a necessity for all of our soldiers in the Continental Army. There is an attack of the enemy today that is taking place, I believe, because the church and the Christians in America are not flowing with the power of the Holy Spirit standing up and saying, enough. We refuse to take it anymore. And I shared this with Pam. I can just imagine the example that kind of had in my spirit was, you know, you're, you're a, a Marine Corps chaplain and you're a captain and you're making extremely good money. And all of a sudden, because of the things that are happening in our world and in our government that are anti-Christ, totally anti-Christ, uh, they come along and say, you can no longer be a chaplain and speak the name of Jesus. You can pray, and you can pray for people, but you cannot use the name of Jesus because it's, it's, it, it's, it's, it, it will make people feel bad about themselves. Now, you think, is that really happening? Yes, it is really happening. And it's happening while a lot of the church sleeps. And I said, what would happen to that captain if he said, well, I'm just going to disobey the order, and if they want to dishonorably discharge me, they can, and I won't have money to feed my family, and I won't be able to take care of my children, I won't have all the benefits that I have right now. What would you do if you came to that type of a situation? And right now, I think the battle that's going on, honey, is not just the name of Jesus, although that's part of it, but I think it's the, will people really submit to the power of the Holy Spirit with a boldness and do whatever he says, no matter what anyone says. And we're going to be confronted, you know, for our stand for Jesus. Uh, you know, you, you can talk about God, but if you bring up the name of Jesus, then there can, it can stir up something. You know why that stirs up something? Because the devil gets stirred up at the name of Jesus. You know, uh, the name of Jesus is actually what defeated the devil it's it's jesus who took the power of the enemy away right. from him that's right and so uh when he hears that name he does stir up you know if you've ever prayed with people who need deliverance um you know i i told uh, one person once i said now they said i know my husband has demons <laughs> i said well <laughs> you might want to leave those demons alone you know because um because he would get angry you know, this, this, she was, this person was telling me, he gets really angry. And it's like he's not even himself. And, uh, and, and so I'm sure there was demonic oppression there. And that anger would flare up and then really get angry. And uh, so I said, don't, I, that's not the time unless the Holy Spirit shows you. Typically, a wife does not pray deliverance with her husband. Just want to throw that out here tonight. <laughs> Uh, that's the, not a good well, thing. Well, well, you're absolutely right what you just said. But if the Holy Spirit tells you to, then you do it. Go for it. But one time there was a situation, and she decided to try it. How many of you know when you try to cast out a devil, you probably are going to be in a big situation? And she called me later and said that didn't work. <laughs> he chased her across the kitchen, you know, and she decided that I'm stopping right here. This thing is going to stay by itself. And, uh, you know, she was out of wisdom, closed her mouth. But, you know, when you're dealing with the name of Jesus, that is the name that is above all names. 
Satan was full of pride, and he was thrown out of heaven because of pride. Jesus, in humility, it said, he humbled himself and came. That humility defeated that pride. But when you put humility against pride, pride will rise up. That's just the truth. And pride is never wrong, and pride always has to take a stand and always has to come against. So the name of Jesus is uh, a place of confrontation. You see it in the book of Acts. I mean, immediately, immediately, when they began to speak the name of Jesus, the confrontation began. And uh, I believe in the world we're living in today, you know, uh, I've watched over time the word diversity. You know, diversity is not a bad word. And we, we need to be diverse, and we need to accept all people. Uh, you know, whatever uh, nationality they are, whatever color they are, it doesn't matter. God accepts all of us the same. He sees us all the same. But what happened was the enemy always takes something that people will kind of question, just like Eve. Is that tree really bad? Well, it, it, is it really wrong to uh, discriminate against the way people think they are. Everybody say discriminate. See, diversity is where it first hangs at hat. It's hat. Then discrimination comes next. And God said to me, they need to be concerned about deception. Because the real word that we're having trouble with is deception. The world is becoming deceived. The world can only be deceived by pride. And pride is the enemy. And the Christians are the people who walk with humility. Why do we walk with humility? Because it's not us. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. When Peter reached down and grabbed him up off that ground, it wasn't Peter doing it. It was the power of the Holy Spirit that healed that man. It was the power of the Holy Spirit that, that operated. They called him untrained and uneducated. They were people of humility. They didn't feel they could do it themselves. But the devil hates that kind of thing because he's proud and he will come against us every time we use the name of jesus these rabbis were proud they wanted to control i really believe that's why they hated jesus they lost their control and the devil is a controller he always wants to control the people as puppets you know honey that's a good word the holy spirit is and has to become the most important thing taking control of your life. The Word of God is extremely important, and without it as a foundation, you'll get an error by following what you think is the Holy Spirit. So you have to have the foundation, but you don't pick the Word and decide what you want to do by putting yourself in charge. I shared this Sunday. You follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. That's where the power is. And as you were sharing that, I'm thinking of a scripture, and I cannot find it. My mind is totally blank in that arena. But it's about the watchman on the wall, and that if you don't warn the people, their blood is on your hands. Uh, Do you know where that is? It's in Ezekiel. Ezekiel. Well, I'm going to paraphrase the whole thing. It's in Jeremiah or Ezekiel, she said. Uh, We'll find out. But anyway, but, but basically, if you as a watchman on the wall being led by the Holy Spirit see somebody in air and going the wrong direction and they're going to ruin their life, go to hell, you need to intercede if you know about that because if you don't and you allow them to do it, their blood is on your hands. However, if you intercede and if you tell them and if you try to warn them and they continue to do it, you are exonerated. It is not your fault. You have tried to stop them. And I, I remember when I went to, my uncle was dying of, uh, I, I think it was cancer, years and years ago, years ago. And he ended up taking his own life. This was a long, long time ago. And uh, But I went to him just before uh, he died. I knew he was really having a problem. And I sat down with him, and I, my uncle was always a little different, this particular uncle. And, and so I sat down with him on my dad's side, and I said to him, you know, you need Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And he said, I don't want Jesus, don't care about Jesus, and I don't want him at all. And I felt like God sent me there. And I hadn't been saved that long when it happened. And I thought, God, this isn't going well at all. And and I just tried to tell him about Jesus. And finally he said, no, I don't want any part of him. And I said, well, listen, it's never too late to accept him. And uh, told him how to do it. And, and he ended up taking his life. And uh, I, uh, I, I felt bad about it, but I felt good, if this makes sense, that I did all God told me to do, and now I can move on 
I don't have to say, oh, I wish I had, oh, I shouldn't have. If you don't do what the Holy Spirit is showing you to do, and you miss something, God will always be there to forgive you. But I'll tell you what, the devil will be there to condemn you yeah. and telling you, you you're the problem that that person caused what happened or did what they did because you didn't say what they said. And so what happens is in, in Acts chapter 4, verse 7, it says, this is after the, the lame man was healed. Uh, the the uh, uh, Sanhedrin said to, to uh, Peter and John, by what power uh, and by what name have you done this? And then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, same Peter that was fearful not too long before that, said, rulers of the people. And then he went on to tell them it was the name of Jesus and the power of God that did this, that person that you crucified. And then they became infuriated with them. And it said in in verse number 13, when they saw the boldness, everybody say boldness. I believe America would never be in the shape we're in today if the church of America resembled the book of Acts. I believe we would be so bold. I mean, I, I've heard this said before, uh, even around tables sometimes. Well, we don't discuss religion and politics. Glory to God. You talk about the spirit of the Antichrist. We do discuss religion and we do discuss politics because the Christian should be in the White House. The Christian should be in our executive, judicial, and legislative. We should be running this country because when the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. And there's not been a lot of rejoicing going on for a long time in America over that. But when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated, I shared this earlier, and untrained men, they marveled and they realized that they had been with Jesus. Turn to your neighbor and see if they've been with Jesus. Ask him, have you been with Jesus? Now, the spirit of the Antichrist, once the name of Jesus stopped, working around the world. Now, this is what happened. When they told them that, and they told them that they were going to beat them, they were going to put them in jail and everything, but they let them go, and they let them out, and then they all came together again to talk about what had just happened. Isn't that really awesome? And instead of being fearful, they were full of the power of the Holy Spirit. I want to say this again. I don't know why I keep saying it. Maybe it's God. But fear does not belong in our covenant. Turn to your neighbor and say, we're not fearful of anything. The ultimate fear of all mankind is the fear of death. It's a fear of death. Now, if you feel comfortable doing this, you can do it. But you can tell that person next to you, someday we're all going to die. Yes, someday we're all going to die. Unless the rapture comes. Now, we're all hoping it's not tonight. We're all hoping it's not tomorrow. But no one knows how much time you have on this earth. So we live the fullness under the power of the Holy Spirit right up until the end, never fearing death. Once you conquer the fear of death, you will conquer the fear of anything. Kind of like joy, going parasailing. Uh, That's a long story. I won't get into that now. Go ahead. My husband believes in helping people get over the fear of death. (laughs) That's why I come in the bathroom when you're in there. Oh, in the dark, yeah. Turn the light out. Shut the door. Go. <laughs> yeah. She, you ought to see it. You ought to come in our bathroom sometime. <laughs> Cancel that thought. Can you give it a, can you even show what it's like? No, I mean, I just get beside myself. I know what. I know what. I'm helping you overcome. I know. I know you think you are. I know you think you are. You're you're not though. We've been doing this for 34 years. Surely, sometime you're going to understand that it doesn't get. She the... said. She said, "Why do you do that?" Well, she doesn't say it like that. She says it a lot differently. <laughs> that she said, "Why do you do that?" And I said, "It's because of the way you react." He says, "If you wouldn't act that way, I wouldn't do it." Now that's not taking responsibility for your actions. I don't think. But however, hallelujah. We'll try that tonight. No. I tell you. You've got to get that fear out of you, honey. I, I <laughs> and when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. Everybody say shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. You know, today, I don't know why, but suddenly, you know, God will just give you something that's revelation. And uh, when I was praying this morning down by the river, and I read that I was reading back in Joshua And the very thing Joshua said at the end was, choose today who you're going to serve. Are you going to serve God or are you going to serve man? 
And, and then he said, uh, then you're going to be witnesses. Everybody say witnesses. And uh, witnesses are people who are allowing the Holy Spirit to be who's in control of their life. It makes us a witness. This isn't about getting up the courage to go talk to somebody about Jesus. And I don't know how many times when I've read that or I've heard somebody preach it, this is going to help you tell people about Jesus. Well, Peter and John didn't tell them about Jesus. They said, such as I have. Everybody say, such as I have. What he was saying was, I got this inside me. And because of it, and when I obey that voice of the Holy Spirit, you can be healed. And that's why they said, now with all boldness, the boldness wasn't in who they were. It wasn't mustered up courage. It wasn't mustered up confidence. It was the anointing of God that was on the inside of them that burst forth in the situation, and people got healed. They got delivered. I mean, the whole book of Acts is nothing but the acts of the Holy Ghost operating through people, and they became witnesses. And that's what Joshua said. You will be witnesses if you choose life and not death. If you choose God and serving God and not serving yourself. That's a good word, honey. And tonight what we're talking about is who's in charge of your life. And it should be the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit. And when they came to the disciples, and especially Peter and John, they said that what they said in verse 13 that I said earlier. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, in other words, they saw that boldness that was in them. What if every person in the body of Christ had flowing through them the boldness of the Holy Spirit. And whatever God told you to do, you did it. And you would walk with a confidence spiritually that it's not me, it's God in me. I remember when we first came to Lafayette and we started in the uh, uh, nursing homes. One of the first things we did, went all the nursing homes. And uh, I felt like the Lord said, these are the people that are closest to death. You need to make sure they all know the Lord. And and it was a, that nursing home over in West Lafayette. And, and Lou, Lou Beal played the piano and I preached that to them and, 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 and then uh, gave an altar call and prayed for all of them. They'd be there in the wheelchairs and how many of you need healing, which was about all of them went around, laid hands on all of them and all. And, and it was the first time that we were in there and we came out. The lady who was the director there at that time, she came out and she said, we really appreciate you coming, and we really want you to come back, but we'd, we would appreciate that if you just didn't use that name like that, and if you didn't pray as forcefully as you did, and I said, oh, I understand how you feel. I use that a lot. <laughs> it means absolutely nothing. I understand how you feel. Went back, did the same thing next time, and the next time, and the next time. And it was like three, four times after that, uh, they, they, they got rid of her. I don't know where she went. She was just gone. But, you know, how somebody feels about how you should be does not affect you. Does that make sense? You know, we're, most people, I, I, I'm going to say this. I believe most people, not you in this shirt. Turn your neighbor and say, you're not talking to you. Not talking. No. The other people. I believe most people are people pleasers. They care more about what people think about them than what the power of the Holy Spirit wants to do through them. And if you ever get a grip that most people don't think about you anyway, most people probably don't even like you. <laughs> no, you understand what I'm saying. You get to the point when you do not care an iota what anybody thinks about you you only care about being submitted to the power of the Holy Spirit. And this is what happened when they came back together. Verse number 29 of Acts chapter 4. I love this. They just told them, shut up. Don't use the, I'm paraphrasing all of this. Shut up. Don't use the name of Jesus again. If you do, we're going to come back here and beat the crap out of you. That's basically what they said. Verse number, <laughs> is it true? Yeah, okay, true. verse number 29 of Acts chapter 4. Now look on the threat. This, this, Peter and John coming together with the rest of them. Now, Lord, look on the threats and grant to your servants that we'll just be quiet and do whatever the governing body said because we don't want to cause any ripples. Christmas is coming up. We now we've got a reason to celebrate Christmas. We've got a Savior. No, 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 no. What they said was, grant 
to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal that signs, wonders, miracles may be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke with great boldness. Turn to your neighbor and say, this is for you. This is for you. Now, boldness, the word parisia means this. Outspoken, unreserved utterance, freedom of speech with frankness, candor, cheerful courage, the opposite of cowardice, timidity, or fear. It denotes a divine enablement that comes to ordinary and unperfect. What did you say? Ordinary people. Yeah, what did I say? Oh, you're agreeing with me. Oh, glory to God. Ordinary <laughs> ordinary and unprofessional. I said something wrong. Ordinary and unprofessional. Right yeah. You read all that? No, I didn't read it here, but I, I love that part. Oh, you love that yeah, part. Because okay. we're qualified. Okay, now I lost my place. Ordinary, uh, ordinary and, and unprofessional people exhibiting spiritual power and authority. It refers to a clear and presentation of the gospel without being ambiguous or unintelligent. Parisia is not a human quality. It is the result of being filled by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's as if we would look in the mirror and say, wow, that's not who I used to be. And that is exactly true because we're yielding to a higher power. You know, when Bill and I were first married and moved to Tulsa, we, we had this situation. We, went, we were invited to some people's house. Um, I don't even remember what, what it was for, but it wasn't a spiritual meeting. And this woman started saying that she was going to leave her husband, that that um, they were in agreement. Now, they go to the church, I mean, and, and she's saying, I'm going to leave. And he's over there shaking his head and uh, because God's called me into ministry, and he's just called to sell tools. He had a truck with tools. Then he went around selling tools. And she said, so I'm just going to leave and, and uh, all this stuff and I don't know why, but up out of the inside of me came, uh, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. And I just said, do not be deceived. And she looked at me and started wailing. I said, God is not mocked. And, man, she went screaming out of that. Now, there's a bunch of people in this kitchen. It's just a little get-together. And Bill's new. You know, he, he's not. We and just I got, didn't we mean just to got cause to Tulsa. We're trying to make friends. <laughs> But it was like the Holy Spirit just, it was like, this is a lie. I mean, this is wrong. And I just spoke, and I'm not that, I mean, I'm not the type to want to start a fight. But, you know, it was like out my mouth. She went screaming. She went back to the back. I said, well, is there anything I can do? And they went back to see if she'd talk to me. They said, she's under the bed. <laughs> she's afraid of you. She Not her, but that demon that had a yeah. hold of her life. He was ready to crawl under a bed. That's how bad the devil is scared of the power of God. But I didn't even do that. In fact, when I left, I thought, oh, I hope they don't hear about this at the church. I mean, I just got hired there. They're going to fire me, Pastor. That pastor doesn't even know me. I don't even know why I said it. The guy I had just met, and we were trying to find friends in Tulsa, who had invited us to his home, came up to me as the woman had screamed all the way down there and locked herself in the, that room and climbed on the bed. He said, it might be better if you and your wife left. <laughs> We got thrown out of our first gig. Yeah. <laughs> Let's all stand. But, you know, if you get to the point when you understand, I don't know why I always think about this, but I love the, the, uh, I, I love the comedy movie, The Blues Brothers. How many of you have ever seen The Blues Brothers? I, I watch that a lot. I, just, I think it's hilarious. It's a, we are on a divine mission for God. And uh, we are here on this earth for just a vapor on divine assignment from God. And there are people out there that need what we have. And if we'll reach out and do whatever God says, we may never see all of the effects, but we'll find out when we get to heaven, when we hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. I'm going to let Pam pray for you, but I want to, I want to make sure that every single one of you have that power resident within you. If you're here tonight and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you don't have it. You're just hearing about something that's available to you. 
If you're here and you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, but you've taken a path and you know you've walked away from him, you have the ability to have that power, but until you come back and yield to him and let him take away all the junk that's in your life, it'll never flow. Would you bow your heads with me just for a moment? How many of you are here and you say, Pastor, you need to pray for me because if I die tonight, I don't know if I go to be with Jesus, but I want that assurance. Or maybe you're here and you're like a prodigal son, a prodigal child, a prodigal daughter. You know that at one time you felt that, but you have walked out from under God's covering. And if that's you, let tonight be the night that you come back. And all over this church, if you'd say, Pastor, you need to pray for me. You have described me. I'm going to ask you just to lift your hand, and we're going to pray for you. And the Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are moving right now. Yes, I see your hand all the way back there in the back. Are there others you say, pray for me? I know my life is not right with Almighty God. We'll take just a moment. Anyone else? Anyone? Hallelujah. Now I'm going to ask if you would mind coming down here to this altar right now. Thelma, help us out or whoever's back there. Just come on down here. Give her a hand as she comes. Hallelujah. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. God has a plan. Come on up here, Thelma. God has a wonderful plan for your life. Nothing that any of us have ever done has changed God's plan for our life. Might have put off the timing a little bit, but it never changed his plan. Stretch your hands out here toward this altar. Let's pray this prayer. Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you died for my sins. I've sinned. I made mistakes. But tonight, I acknowledge you as my Lord and Savior. I ask you to come into my heart and take control of my life. Now, Father, I thank you for the plan, for the purpose that you have for this young lady. I thank you, Lord, that tonight is a night of new beginnings. I thank you that all of the past is going to be washed away and cleansed by the blood. And that those things that you have for my sister are going to be made known to her. You're going to bring friends around her that are going to encourage, exhort, and edify her. And that everything that the enemy has tried to do to destroy her, you're going to turn it around and use it for good. We give you the praise, the honor, and the glory in the precious name of Jesus. And we all said, go ahead and pray for everyone, honey. Father, I thank you for Kelly. Lord, I cut you loose. I cut you loose, Kelly, from all those bad connections. You know who they are. And I cut you loose. Cut you loose from them tonight in Jesus' name. You can be free. It's a lie that you've believed. You can be free. And I cut you loose from those things. And you know who those connections are. Yeah. I cut you loose tonight. God, I speak freedom over her life. Freedom to walk out in Jesus' name. And the things that you've been doing to make you feel like you have courage, make you feel like you can do something. I curse the root of anything that you've been given or or taken that is that is not helping you feel that way in Jesus' name. It's actually taking you down a dark path instead of path of light. I loose you from it tonight. In Jesus' name, I loose you from it. And I tell the devil, you cannot have her. You cannot have her. You cannot drag her through that place. In Jesus' name, I just see you being drugged by your hair right into these places. In Jesus' name, I loose you from that tonight. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And all the people said, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for everybody here. Would you lift your hands and just repeat after me if this is your prayer? Father, 
I pray that you would cause me by the power of your Holy Spirit to be bold, to speak with integrity, with the anointing, with the power of Almighty God, that when I enter a place where you want to use me to bring liberty, to bring hope, that I will open my mouth and you will fill it and your anointing will be manifested. They will see Jesus, not me, and I have no fear. I do not have fear. You freed me from fear. I walk with authority and dominion over my house, over the things you say, over your assignment. I accept my assignment in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Give God praise tonight. Go and be who God wants you to be through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Amen.